You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast for Bethany Lutheran Church in Long Beach, California. Two weeks ago when I was with you, I asked you to take a look at this picture. The picture was taken many, many years ago, and this is the, the household of faith that is Bethany Lutheran, one of the very first times they were ever gathered together. And you notice it wasn't in a sparkling sanctuary. It wasn't uh, in a place like this, but it was in a home. And in our homes are places where we share. We share life with one another. We read, we hear God's word. We talk to one another, we pray, and we bless. Those are those same things that we've been asking you to do this Lent with our household huddles. Again, the household huddle is in your worship folder. I invite you to to be doing that uh, this week, and and maybe it can be something that uh, fosters faith continually for you. Like Pastor Kyle said last week, uh, there's a lot of diversity in our households. And households seem to to share three main things when they are, are known as vibrant households. That is, they regularly participate in spiritual disciplines, they engage in spiritual conversations, and they extend hospitality. Or to put it more memorably, you'll see messy prayers, loud tables, open doors. Over the next three weeks, we're going to focus on each one of those things. This week, we're going to be talking about messy prayers. Next week will be loud tables, and the week after that will be open doors. You know, for generations, our culture has emphasized the local church, the local congregation as being the place for Christian growth, for prayer, for worship. And this is not necessarily a bad thing, but unfortunately, Sometimes we can wrongly begin to assume that this is the only place where spiritual disciplines happen. It seems that for many, there is this sacred-secular split. Quite often we view the church as the place where things like prayer, worship, Bible study, all of these things happen. But home is for those more domestic things, cooking meals, doing chores, bedtime. And I think at times we've begun to to compartmentalize God, that all things sacred are located only in a small sliver of our lives, and perhaps that only happens on, on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night. But it turns out that the Bible paints a very different picture of the households of faith. God makes it clear that to his people that we are intended to relate to him as a household in a household. Think about the, the words that Moses gives to the people on the plains of Moab. They've been wandering in the desert for 40 years. They're just about to enter into the promised land. They're right at the Jordan River. They're gathered around Moses to receive a new God's words of instruction. And in this threshold moment, God invites the people into a living relationship with him. You've probably heard the words before. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all your soul and with all of your might. Now, I'm sure you've probably heard those words before. In fact, perhaps maybe they have been things that have guided you in your spiritual lives for many years. And those are wonderful. Those are great. But the next words that Moses say are vitally important. 
They're recorded in our Old Testament lesson for today, if you wanted to look at them or hear these words again. Moses says, take to heart these words that I give you today. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you're at home or away, when you lie down or get up. Write them down, tie them around your wrist. Wear them as headbands and as as a reminder. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. It sure seems to me that Moses doesn't say, you know, when you head into the promised land, it'd be great if you just give me a couple of hours a week. He doesn't say, I'd love for you to to think about me once every week. It seems that this living relationship has a household shape and, and a daily rhythm to it. There was to be no sacred and secular split. Spiritual conversations were not relegated to church buildings on Sunday morning or Wednesday evenings, but they were to be a part of everyday life. In all hours, in all places, with all activities, mundane or special. These words are to be on our hearts, on our minds, in our mouths. We tell them to our children. We invite them into this loving relationship. Now this isn't simply just an Old Testament idea either. This was the foundation of the Christian church. Much of the life of the early church took place in households. Evangelism, baptisms, teachings, the Lord's Supper, all Christian education happened in the home. And friends, it's a Lutheran thing too. Luther in his small catechism made that as not being a curriculum designed to be taught by DCEs or pastors or teachers, but was written for the head of the household to share faith with the household. And for whatever reason, many have abdicated the responsibility of faith formation to the church. They've neglected fostering faith in the household. As long as I just get my kids to church, the church is gonna take care of it. As long as my wife and I make it to church, our marriage is going to be great. As long as I just get the kids and the grandkids to come with me on Christmas or Easter or Mother's Day, I've done my job. You know, the sacred and secular split actually is pretty easy. It makes things pretty neat and clear, but it also relieves us of the messiness that comes with relating to God and relating to others. You don't have to think very hard to know that your relationships are kind of messy. Things don't always work out great. You know, I, I was thinking about how I could try to, to explain this to you, and I, I think the, the, the best way for me to share this is, is to tell you the difference between a furnace and a fireplace. You got a furnace at home, right? Furnaces are pretty easy to heat the house, right? You go to the thermostat, you you click the dial, you make sure that it's on when it gets cold, click, the heat comes on and it gets warm. Here we gotta turn a little dial and then do a little thing, there's a little extra step to it, but it was pretty easy and we're grateful for those, aren't we? If you were here at the eight o'clock service, uh, if we weren't in here to click on the furnace, it would have been a little bit chilly. All you gotta do is set the minimum heat and the machinery takes care of the rest. It could be pretty appealing, right? Now, relegating our relationship with God to the church is kind of the same way. All we have to do is set that minimum temperature. Just get my kids to church. Just show up for Sunday for an hour, and I don't have to do anything else. The church takes care of it. 
The machinery of the church is to do that, or so we think. You know, the biblical model of faith formation is a whole lot messier. It's a whole lot more time consuming, and it's kind of like trying to heat your house with a fireplace. I don't know if you've ever been maybe in a cabin up at Big Bear and the only heat there is a fireplace and, and you know that, that it takes a lot of work. You, you gotta get some kindling. Maybe you take the newspaper and you gotta, gotta rip it up and you gotta put it together and then you gotta take some, some smaller sticks and you gotta, gotta build a little bit of a fire. You know, some say that the, the cabin method is the best. Some say it's the, the teepee method is the best and you, you get it all ready to go and you, you light the fire but you can't just walk away from it, can you? It takes a, some tending and some nurturing. You maybe need to add a little bit more onto that. You might need to add a little bit of oxygen, you either fan the flames or you're blowing up, but you can't blow too much or you're gonna blow it out. And then there's the smoke and the ash and the, 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 the crackling and, and all of those things that happen. But fireplaces are beautiful. They draw people in, they're almost magical. You know, we don't always like to, to, uh, to think about how much work it takes. Tending a fire and tending to the, the spiritual formation of our households takes time, takes energy, takes resources. It's not only tricky to get started, but once you, you get it started, your job's not done. You gotta constantly feed that fire, don't you? You gotta add some more logs onto it. You can't leave it for too long. This is kind of what it's like to, to foster faith in your families. It takes constant tending, produces some messes, can never be left untended for too long. But there is something magical about a fire. You know, you never heard someone say, hey, remember that time we set the thermostat to 70? That was awesome but you remember those moments around the fire. Maybe the conversations or the feelings that you've had. If you've been with us on any of our Ocotillo Wells uh, camping trips, every evening we, we gather around a fire and sometimes we don't even say any words, we're just staring at the fire because there's something magical about it. We might sing a few songs, we might share some, some, uh, some things that are going on in our lives or share a Bible verse. Fires can be magical but they take lots of work and they're messy. I worked at Arrowhead Lutheran Camp when I was in college and after college it was my full, first full-time job in ministry and the highlight of the day during summer camp was campfire. If you've ever been to, to a camp, maybe you've gone to a campfire before, that was the highlight of the day. After a long, busy day of, of hiking or going uh, to the pool or, or doing crafts or doing archery or, or whatever we did, we all gathered together as a household of faith with a fire raging. It was magical. Many of the nights, uh, some of us on the support staff that weren't uh, directly supervising children, we would stay long into the night, talking about the world we live in, life in general, singing and praying and doing life together. And if we were lucky, there might be some s'mores involved. Some of my most cherished memories at camp are around a campfire. There was no sacred secular split, but it took some work. As the fire burned, the, the scent of the smoke permeated my clothing. It even permeated my guitar and my guitar case. 
And I'll be honest with you, it would be months after the last campfire, I'd open up my guitar case, it would still smell like a campfire. And all of those memories came rushing back. Thinking about the songs we sang, hearing about a a God who loved us and sent Jesus. Most mornings at camp, we would gather at the campfire again for morning devotions, and every once in a while, someone would get into the campfire and kind of stir around uh, uh, what was left, and sometimes there would be some coals that were still there, and they would take maybe some kindling or some newspaper and throw it on there, and, and maybe another log or so, and eventually we had a nice fire going, which was very welcomed on some of the chillier mornings. The ease of the sacred and secular split has some appeal, but the Bible is clear that we are meant to relate to God as households in a household. It's a fireplace. It's not a furnace. I want to spend a little bit of time maybe giving some practical advice for you and your household, but let me be clear, this is not necessarily a self-help sermon. You know, there's no easy recipe or plan that's going to create spiritual vibrancy for you and your household. There's lots of self-help books that are out there promising to do this or that, but they end up setting a trap of of duty-bound list of things that you have to do, and this is not what I want to do today. This is not about giving you more things to do, but giving you some ideas of what you can do with what you've already been given because it's with God who has already given you everything you need. He has provided the kindling, he's provided the wood. In fact, he provides the spark. So I want you to ask the simple question, how might I help my household relate to God? So if we think about this in the terms of the, of the fireplace, maybe it's time to, to get some kindling. What are the kin- what's the kindling that you need to, to get things going? Maybe you need some, some sticks or some small pieces. Maybe you need a, a, a hatchet that's going to help you get some things uh, uh, to uh, the right size. You, you need some newspaper. You need some matches. Once you get that fire just starting, the job's not over. It's going to take patience and effort. You can't walk away from it too long. It's not like turning the dial on the, on the furnace. Getting started with spiritual disciplines or what we might call messy prayers is kind of like the process of starting a fire. You can't force it. It starts small. It takes constant effort. But with time, the flame catches. So if you don't have some scheduled time with your household, I'd invite you to schedule some time. Or maybe some unscheduled time, just having fun, being a little bit spontaneous and doing things together as a household. The research says that as families do things together as households, they have more time to have spiritual conversations with one another. Perhaps you need to insert some messy prayers before your meals, like the ones we shared with the kids this morning. If you want to learn more of them, I'm happy to share them with you. Pastor Kyle's got a bunch of them. Kaylee's got a bunch of them. We sing them all the time in our house. Or maybe there's a a, a bedtime prayer that you can say to your kids or your grandkids. Maybe you want to write some words of scripture on your walls of your house. Or maybe as you're making the lunch for your kids or grandkids, write them a little note. Have a little Bible verse in there and stick it in with their lunch. Perhaps uh, you need a Bible storybook to, to get you started. If you've got kids and grandkids at home and you're looking for a good Bible storybook, 
the one in the pews there, this is the Jesus Bible story book, I'd invite you to, to, to get one of those. And if you just want to take the one that's in there, I'm happy with that too. Now, when the flame has started to take in your family, you're not done yet because soon that fuel is all going to run out and you're going to need to to grab a log. You need to put a log on that fire. But you don't want to throw them all on at the same time because if you do that in a fire, it's going to choke it out. So add a log. Let it adjust to, to your family. Let it warm and have the fire spread through it and it will soon grow. You add one log and then another. And then another. Maybe you need to look for ways where you can add a log. Maybe it's gathering with a household huddle once a week to to share, read, talk, pray, and bless. Maybe it's inserting more prayers into your daily life. There's lots of opportunities online. Maybe it's to get an app for your phone. The Bible app is one of them. Maybe it's listening to a podcast or or watching a video. Maybe it's praying a, a quick blessing for the people who are coming to your house or those that are headed out the door. Maybe with your household, you can say the Lord's Prayer together. Maybe ask a question at dinner time or read a Bible verse. Pick up the portals of prayer and and read the devotions in there. One thing that I heard a family do is they created a a, a jar of prayer sticks. They took a bunch of uh, of popsicle sticks and they wrote the names of all the important people that are in their household and extended household and friends and family. They put them in a jar and every day they would grab a stick out and it would say, Grandma Jean, and we're going to pray for Grandma Jean today. More ways in which we can kindle this fire. Don't try to do all of this at once. If you try to do all this this particular week, the fire's never going to start going. Perhaps in your life, the, the fire of, of spiritual disciplines has is, is gone dormant or a bit cold. Perhaps some things have happened in your life. Maybe you've welcomed a new child or grandchild and things kind of got away from you. Perhaps your children have been grown and have moved on. Perhaps there's been some strife and maybe you've got away from doing some of those spiritual disciplines. But guess what? All you got to do is stir those coals just a little bit. Find some of those embers that are still going. Add a little bit of kindling and that fire starts to grow back to life. Perhaps you can invite some people over for a meal or dessert whether it's friends from church or friends from the neighborhood. Perhaps you can host a a prayer event in your home. Start breaking down that sacred secular split. I'm gonna give you one thing that I would love for you to do this season. Next Sunday, please come back. If you come back, you're gonna pick up a, a bag that's basically an Easter egg hunt in a bag. And that Easter egg hunt in a bag, you can do it with your household, or better yet, invite some of your neighbors over and some of their kids. Host an Easter egg hunt. Everything that you're gonna need to host that Easter egg hunt is gonna be in a bag. Find a place where your household can serve together. Maybe a community organization that you can help. Vacation Bible School is coming up in June. We're gonna need volunteers. I'd love for you and your household to join us to help with that. Now, I know this might seem like like a daunting new endeavor, but you don't need to search for the kindling. You don't need to search for the logs. Uh, This household habit is something that you have already been made for. It's how God has intended your household to work. As we take some practical steps to nurture messy prayer in our homes, it can be encouraging to know Jesus provides you with everything that you need need. 
Jesus is the one who has worked in households, will continue to work in household. He is the one who does the big stuff. He's the one who does the hard stuff. It's not about you and what you do. It's about Jesus and what he has done. Those of you who went through uh, confirmation class, you probably remember this from uh, Luther's uh, explanation of the third article. I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. But he's called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctifies and keeps me in the true faith. So I don't want you to go home thinking this is a self-help sermon. What I want you to realize is that Jesus has given you everything that you need. If you were here last week, you heard the story of Zacchaeus. Jesus came to him, pointed him in the tree. He said, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. It was Jesus who acted first. He is the one who calls, he provides, he does the hard work of forming households of faith. Jesus came to restore that relationship with God that he had with our first household of faith back in the Garden of Eden. Listen to these words from our gospel lesson. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's the one who will give you everything you need. Through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, a way was made for you and for all house in your household to come to the Father to find a living relationship with him. Jesus sends the fire of the Holy Spirit that calls you to faith, that you might serve your households, that might be a place of vibrancy and love. He kindles the flame of faith in you and in everyone in your household. He provides the fuel. He comes to you in this place and in your households to hear the words of life that you are forgiven on account of Christ alone. In the midst of our messy lives, in the messes that we have made and the ones that we find ourselves in over and over, he calls you and your household to once again come and be fed to offer up your own messy prayers as he comes to you to to know that your sins are forgiven and to form you for service. Another way we might say it is that the, the wood is dry, the kindling is ready, there's plenty of oxygen and Jesus and his spirit are here to help ignite your households to be a place of messy prayers. And as this fire burns, uh, may it permeate you and your entire household. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gifts that you pour out upon us. Lord, help our households to be places of messy prayers. Lord, we know that we're not gonna have everything figured out, but Lord, you have given us everything that we need. And because of that, our households can be filled with faith and filled with love. Be with us this day and always. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening today. A video archive of our online worship services, including today's message, can be found on our YouTube channel and at www.bethanylutheran.org. Links for both of these are in the show notes. If you would like to support this podcast or the ministry of Bethany Lutheran Church in Long Beach, California, you can text the word GIVE to 562-210-0463. That's GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 562-210-0463. We pray that you have a wonderful and blessed week.